but you have to give them the foundations. And this is something we're doing in TGA right now, right? We're going through, we're creating all of those foundational videos and educational pieces because this is the foundation. Imagine trying to build a house on a bad foundation or cracked foundation. That house isn't going to last, right? And this is how a lot of people come into crypto is they they come in, they don't have good foundations, and then they don't understand why they keep getting wrecked, why they keep buying high and selling low. And they're like, I don't understand this crypto thing. How are people making millions? And I'm sitting over here suffering, and I'm getting wrecked every single week and every single project I'm invested in. Well, you don't have good foundations. You're listening to Inside the Den, a podcast about connection and the human behind the community in the world of Web3. With your hosts, Jake and Dwayne. All right, we are back for another one here on Inside the Den. I almost said Wolfish on Web3, but it's Inside <laughs> the Den. <laughs> Man, this was an amazing interview. This is uh, uh, with Anne, Anne Amagrande. I had yeah. to get her to help me pronounce her, her last name because if not, I probably would have screwed it up. Uh, but Anne Amagrande, she's just everywhere around the wolf den she's a fellow guardian inside the guardian academy she's a cca graduate she's in the whale club she's you know got a real estate business she's just kicking ass man and it was amazing having her on this interview today yeah we can we connected a lot of dots today with Anne, like through all of the communities and and some of the ideas that she brought to the table and stuff that she's working on is just mind-blowing it's it's fun to talk with people like that that are just so passionate in, and involved in the building and the innovation. Um, after we stopped recording there, we had a pretty good chat with her about some ideas. And she's like, oh, I'm I'm an idea girl. Like, <laughs> I just want to I just have all these great ideas. And, and some of them were very cool. So uh, I can see her coming back on the show. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A yeah, total visionary. And, you know, couple things just to kind of give people a little bit of a uh, preface as you get into this episode, you know, we, we talk, there's, there's, there's a couple episodes that can sync well with this. You're talking about connecting the dots. To, mm-hmm. The first one is, is with Jay with the base case and bill. Cause her and uh, Ann and Jay are, are working together. You know, we talk a lot about uh, a lot about like how to serve the youth and financial literacy and, and really how to build that foundation. But then the other one is um, since she's in the whale club, she's working a lot with Paul Sparks mm-hmm. on ways to uh, kind of bring real estate onto the blockchain and listening to, I would take like those, like, it's like the trifecta of episodes, the, the one with Jay, this one with Ann and the one with Paul. And I feel like those three together, um, you know, really creates a lot of, uh, healthy perspective and like ways that you can see some, you know, people that are building in this space, but how they're collaborating, you know, I thought that was really awesome to see how, um, how Anne is working with, with Jay and working with Paul and on solving problems. She just, she's just full of ideas too. It's just really cool to hear her talk and she articulates the ideas really well. That's something I definitely want to acknowledge is her ability to articulate an idea and make sense of it is, is really, it's a superpower in my opinion that she has. Yeah. This was such a great episode, man. Let, let's just get into it because she brought up so many cool things and yeah, let's dive right in. Let's do it. All right. We have Anne Amagrande here on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Gosh, you're everywhere. CCA, Guardian, uh, Wolfden, you're, you're in the Whale Club. It's great to have you and, and and have this opportunity to speak with you. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing awesome. Honestly, like uh, one of the reasons I have so much time to do all of those things is because some of the stuff that we learn in CCA and in Wolfden, right? It's just about creating and holding space for the things and allowing them to come to you. And so it's been a, a really cool experience over this past year, just going through a lot of those things and just kind of allowing for for that uh, that openness. So like, okay, well, let's just jump right in then. Like you've, uh, you mentioned like this last year, you said, or like, when did, when did you like start getting involved with all this stuff and working with CCA and Dr. Jeff and like, how did that all come about? That is an amazing question. Um, let's see. So I had a friend of mine, I was helping him to renovate his, uh, his home. This was probably May, June of 2021. And he said, Hey, I know you're getting into crypto. You know, they're one of, you know, one of the, these guys that I know, you know, Nick Peterson, he's uh he started, he's just started his own token. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'd love to look into it. So I got into Wolfden about August of 2021. And then it's just kind of like a whirlwind from there. Right. And so once you get introduced to Nick and you start, you know, digging deeper into the things that he teaches, and then, you know, I got the introduction to Dan and my friend was also taking a CCA. So he was part of the first cohort. And so he, he let me kind of, you know, work at the house while he was in one of his classes. I'm like, man, this stuff is so interesting. It reminded me a lot of the work that I've done in Landmark. And so a lot of the things were just very much in alignment with the way that I think and the way that, you know, the way that I just, uh, I look at life and the decision-making that I make. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. So I got into the second cohort, which started in January. And so from there, it just kind of progressed and just continued down. So it's been, it's been a, an amazing year for me. Was was Wolfden like your first introdu- introduction in the crypto? Was that like your on ramp in the crypto, or were, was it happened before? I'm sorry, one more time. Was yeah, was so I know for a lot of people, myself and and uh, well, sort of, but Wolfden was kind of like the on ramp into the crypto Web three space. Was that the same thing for you, or did you already have some experience in kind of the the blockchain world uh, prior to to getting into Wolfden? I did not have any experience getting into um, into more of the DeFi space, into the Web3 worlds uh, prior to Wolfden, right? So I had done a little bit of like Dogecoin and I kind of like toe dipped into some different cryptos because um, I didn't really know what I was doing. But because I'm in real estate, right, there are, I was doing a lot of speaking events and I was doing a lot of, you know, buying acquisitions. And once COVID hit, all of that went away, right? There was no traveling. There were no events. There were no conferences. There, none of that was existing. So I was looking for an alternative way to spend my time, right? Because we just went into maintenance mode. So I'm like, oh, let's look into this crypto space and see how this could help me potentially raise capital for real estate. And that was my initial thought into, you know, getting in to uh, crypto. And, you know, once I started going down that rabbit hole, started doing some learning, some education, and then I got introduced to Wolfden and it just all just the, the, the amount of extraordinary people that have been brought in to the Wolf Den is, I, I you can't find that anywhere else. And it's just awesome, the the leadership that, and what they have brought and the people that they attract into their world. And so it's just been, it's been a really great experience for me. Yeah, it, the people are pretty much next level. Like um, there was a private guardian call or whatever last night, a hot seat, and they were yep. talking about... Um, building communities and whatever. And one of the comments that, that that was mentioned was, you know, you build it for you to attract people like you. And so, you know, in the process of Nick building all this ecosystem from the start, he's attracted some incredible people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. a lot of those are the, some of the, very similar to the teachings that we, we talk about in CCA, right? Playing your game, 
right? And I realized that in all of my, for the last probably 15 years, I've not been playing my game and it's been a, it's been a micro step in the in a bad direction, right? So we always talk about micro stepping as, you know, hey, we got a micro step in, in this good way, but we don't realize that the way that we got to where we're playing our game, the way that we are now, is that we took a whole bunch of micro steps to get here. And all of a sudden you're looking around, you're like, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> right. I, this is not, this is not me. This is not what I want to be doing. This is not how I want to be playing the game. Like, how did I get here? And it's because we took all those micro steps. It's like, you know, you never notice your kids how much they've grown because you see them every single day. But then one of the relatives comes over and they're like, oh my, they're growing like a weed. And you're like, oh, really? Like, I haven't noticed. It's because you're you're so close. It's, you know, the forest through the trees kind of a kind of a mentality, right? And you just don't notice how how much things have changed in just such a short period of time. And so over this time, you know, once we're, now that you're going through CCA and you're going through all of these concepts and you're realizing, oh, you know, this is not, this is not what I set out to do all of those years ago. How did I get here? And what can I do to start microstepping back into a good direction, right? Microstepping more toward playing my game, right? And so that that's exactly what I've been doing this past year is just kind of microstepping in a good and positive direction and getting out of bad partnerships, getting out of bad relationships. You know, it it's it's been wonderful. I like, uh, sorry, Jake. Um, I like that you said this past year, like some people think, oh, okay, I'm in a bad spot. I'm going to turn it around and I'll be there tomorrow. But <laughs> it's not, it's not that like it took you 15 years to micro step the wrong direction. So, right. you know, if you, once you acknowledge it, then it's going to take micro steps back the other way. <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. anyways, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, no, I, I, I love this top topic of playing your game because it's something especially since i got in the wolf den and Dwayne, Dwayne and i share in this uh the same journey about figuring out ourselves um it's a it's an easy question you know like what's your game and it seems very simple but it's it's not it's not that easy to figure out and it takes time and patience and and um and some deep diving into yourself looking in the mirror um knowing you know, now that you you've you've had the chance you're a CCA graduate you've been in guardian you're a guardian you've been in TGA now for 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 a period of time and you've, you've been able to work on yourself what does what does Anne's game look like today like what is your game today and how has that, that evolved that is a great question so when i originally set out in my real estate journey it was to help people to become homeowners and, you know, I learned from some really, truly amazing people in the real estate space that turned me on to uh, lease option, right? And helping people because this uh, this whole American dream, right, is what we, is, is kind of what we grew up with. And the American dream is, hey, you go out and you, you know, white picket fans, two and a half kids, you've got your, you've got a home, right? And so the home is what really is something that um, for me, that was always like a personal goal of mine growing up is like, hey, I want to own my own home. Like that's, that's one of the first steps of I've made it. Right. And that's that's how it is for a lot of families. But as, as we actually look at the way that we have progressed ever since more or less World War II, there has been a slow decline in the number of uh, the number of families that actually own their own home. Right. And so we're moving more into this very this huge chasm and this huge divide between the poor and the rich. Right. The middle class is slowly, slowly going away. And so what my goal has always been is like, hey, how can we help people to have really good fun fundamentals of financial literacy? right? Um, education in, you know, understanding real estate, savings, a lot of these things I grew up with, but a lot of people didn't, right? I was fortunate enough to have, you know, multitude of, of layers in my family and multi-generational entrepreneurs. And so I grew up in an entrepreneurial family where, you know, at eight years old, I was writing checks, 
right? And my mom's like, hey, if we want to go to, you know, we want to go on vacation this weekend, we want to go visit grandma, you know, you're, we're going to have to get all the all the bills done. And so I'd be in the back writing all of the checks to all of the all of the vendors. My sister would be up in the front writing out all the deposit slips. And we were doing that at eight and nine. And so by the, yeah, so like I had a great foundational understanding and knowledge of finance growing up. And a lot of people don't grow up with that, right? Where do we get our education? We get it from school and we get it from home, right? But and, where- And where hard knocks. Like, I'm a hard yeah. knocks student, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you learn from your mistakes going forward, but what if we could reduce that that time by actually giving people in, you know, the education and saying, hey, here are some great fundamentals. We're going to teach you not only about economics, right? Where does money come from? That's the, that's the first and most vital vital information. Where does money come from? How do we use it? How does it circulate within the economy? Now that you understand that, right? Now we can teach you about financial literacy. And then we can start teaching you about investing, right? But you have to give them the foundations. And this is something we're doing in TGA right now, right? We're going through, we're creating all of those foundational videos and educational pieces because this is the foundation. Imagine trying to build a house on a bad foundation or cracked foundation. That house isn't going to last, right? And this is how a lot of people come into crypto is they they come in, they don't have good foundations and then they don't understand why they keep getting wrecked, why they keep buying high and selling low. And they're like, I don't understand this crypto thing. How are people making millions? And I'm sitting over here suffering and I'm getting wrecked every single week and every single project I'm invested in. Well, you don't have good foundations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so important. I mean, when I got into the wolf den and started learning these foundations, especially, well, there's, there's learning it, but then there's actually applying it. And those are two very different things. So more on the application side of it, it, um, it, it's, it's like you, you can grossly under what's, what am I trying to say? Underestimate reliability and looking at reliability and having financial literacy and having that foundation to build from makes everything so much more sustainable just over the long term because like there's people that are in crypto and, and a lot of us and Dwayne and I will we'll, we'll raise our hands we'll admit this we saw big dollar signs big quick money very quickly and you get into it and you chase that and before you know it you're like oh shit like I just you know lost a bunch of money I was way up and then I'm now I've lost money and it's so volatile you can't maintain that like center of gravity within yourself because of all the volatility so if you have that foundation that you can keep intact it, it keeps just yourself and and how you're approaching everything so much more sustainable over time so thanks for for pointing that out I I, I want to ask you are you um it sounds like you're, are you working with youth at all? I mean, cause you mentioned about kind of like talking or uh, I guess alluding to like people that are learning about financial literacy from the home or from schools. And that's kind of where it all starts. Is there any um, intention of working with youth around all this? That is actually a great question. So um, there's another gentleman that is a graduate of, of CCA. So he's a certified advisor as well. Um, his name is Jay and he has started base case and build. Yeah, and we had him on the build. we had him on the show actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am recently, um, so I'm coming in now to help do some of the creation of the um, of the curriculum with him, and so that way we can start building the building out this foundation, building strong strong children, right? Building strong kids instead of fixing broken adults, right? And so this kind of goes again. All of these concepts are all in line, and everything kind of comes back to a lot of the core principles. So um, you were just mentioning that, you know, we talk about chasing APR. Right. And one of the first foundational principles of, of CCA is closer over more. Right. 
But before you can even get to those principles, you have to understand what your solvable problem is. And if you don't know where you're going, how, how will you ever know if, when you're getting there? And the, the, great, the greatest example that I like to give is, okay, great, let's go, let's go on vacation. Great, well, where are we going to go? Um, I don't know. We're just going to get in the car and start driving. Well, how do we know which direction we're going to go if we don't know where we're going? Well, how, how do you know how fast to drive? Because, well, how long is our vacation? Well, I, I don't know. Well, if you don't know how long we're going to be gone, if you don't know where we're going, we have no idea how much money we need to start with, right? In order to make sure we've got enough for gas, we've got enough for food, we've got enough for hotels. There are a whole bunch of questions and all because you don't know where you're going, right? So we have to start with the destination in mind and say, okay, well, you know, if this is what I'm trying to achieve, well, now I know what I'm getting closer to. Now I know how much money I need to start with or how much I'm starting with, right? And then how much APR I need on an annualized basis in order for me to get there. Right. And without without answering those questions, it's going to be very difficult for you to actually know when you've arrived. Right. When you've achieved that goal. So that's why we always prioritize closer over more. It's very cool to hear you say that you're working with Jay because like we had him on to talk about base case and build. And, you know, I've I've seen both you guys around the, the Guardian Academy, but it just goes to show like I didn't know that you were working with them. And it just goes to show that how the members inside have just like rally around the troops you know like rally around and just help each other out and like oh i'm aligned with that i'm gonna help you here or, or whatever and and it's just it's an amazing cause and an amazing group of people that are are building some very cool stuff it, it truly is and honestly a lot of these things are things that i've been aligned with since i was in college so when i was going through um, my undergrad i was uh, getting a degree in economics my goal was to go directly into a PhD program and actually build out their specific universities. You can actually build your own PhD program and they'll actually design courses around, around what you want to do. So I wanted to get a PhD in financial literacy and go out and actually build a curriculum for kids that is better than the ones that are currently existing. Right. And so that way we can actually, again, building strong, building strong kids, right. We don't want to fix broken adults because they're already ingrained in, in the things that they, that they know and understand. And so how, you know, trying to un unlearn those things and then rebuild a foundation, it's just a lot easier to work with kids and say, okay, well, let's teach you the foundations, right? And so, you know, that obviously didn't, didn't um, come to fruition. I, I kind of decided to go a different path, but, you know, when Jay started mentioning this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. So we would just have, you know, casual conversations. He'd be like, I'm not sure how to teach this particular thing. I'm like, oh, here's a great example you know, because that's how my mom always taught us was, you know, just giving us great examples or different ways of, of looking at things. And so that's, that's one of my, my great talents is being able to find, find where people are and then helping them to get to the a place of understanding the knowledge. And so that's kind of just how it progressed. I love that. That's great. I mean, and as a parent, you know, I've got two young boys that are six and eight. I think about this all the time and like, what kind of support system can I build for them to help, to help set them up for life. I mean, to me, that's what you're talking about with base case and build and developing financial literacy and building this foundation is, is way more important in my opinion than, you know, what, you know, setting up a college fund or, you know, that stuff's great and all, but this is the stuff that's going to last infinitely through their whole life. It's going to take them all the way through their entire life. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we always say this, Dwayne, and I talk about this. All. I was like, Oh, I wish I, I wish I would have, wish I would have had this. And actually, I think we mentioned earlier, it's like, I wish I would have had this when I was a, a younger kid. Like imagine where you would be today, you know, 
if you would have had that foundation. So I just applaud, you know, you and Jay and anybody else that's getting involved in supporting this mission of base case and build. Um, I want to well, pivot and, a little bit. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, man. You got one question. Now, I gotta... Yeah, I do. Because, and now that um, like you're building those foundations, but you like, you've gained the experience in the crypto and blockchain world. Like that's what our kids are going to be playing in. I, you know, so it's, uh, it's good to get them associated with that as well, because it, like you're pretty, you've grown up in finance or around finances, but um, what our kids are going to grow up in, I think is going to be a different financial space. Um, how fast that comes, I'm not too sure, but by the time they're on podcast talking, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be the crypto podcast related. So it's cool that that is kind of going to be a topic um, of conversation. Yeah. And, I, and Jay just has such a heart for giving. And just such a heart for kids. And it's just awesome that I get to be a part of the things that he's building through Base Kids and Build. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the progression, the micro-stepping that is taken um, to and to get this built out. Yeah, that's great. I I, I want to go to a little bit of a different um, point of conversation here because I know you're you're in real estate. Yeah. And, um, and I actually was reading your, your application submission, uh, and you talked about, uh, real estate on the blockchain and, and yeah. you're also in the will club and we had Paul Sparks. So I'm here, <laughs> I'm over here connecting dots. I'm like Paul Sparks and some of the stuff that he's doing and you're in the whale club and that comment. And uh, I love to just hear, hear a little bit more about, um, your, your endeavors in real estate and, you know, where there's bridges between what you're doing in real estate, if there are any in, in blockchain. I think that there are a ton, and this, these are some things that Paul and I have talked about specifically. We've done, um, we started working on a white paper in order to, to kind of discuss the effects of blockchain, right, and, and DeFi as a whole on real estate over the next one, three, five, and 10 years, right? And there is just such a, a stark difference in the way that we're currently operating real estate now and where it's going to be in in three to five years. It's just it's just mind-boggling. Mind and if we kind of look at it, so in order to look to the future, we kind of have to look at the past, right? And so when we look at pre-internet, how was real estate done? And my my grandmother was one of the top real estate agents in all of Orange County in California in the in the 80s and 90s. So her done, best- Done at the kitchen table? <laughs> huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, they actually did on the back of cars. So you yeah. go and look at a house and they'd say, great, you want to buy the house? Okay, great. And they'd be on at the house, sitting on sitting at the car, just like writing out the contract on the car. And then just like, you know, they'd sign it and go and hand it to the, to the agent right then. That's how real estate was done. It's very interesting. And so when we started progressing into internet and they said, oh, you're never going to be able to sell a house online. People have to go in and they have to look at it. They have to see the house. They've got to touch it and feel it. You're never going to be able to sell real estate on this internet thing, right? And now, how is it that we sell most of our properties, right? We don't go and look at them until we're already ready. We're just doing the final, you know, the final look is in person, right? Or if I'm buying something from across the country, I don't need to go. I just have my realtor, hey, you know, go in and, you know, send me a video. Oh, we're good. Okay, cool. Let's go get an inspection. Okay, awesome. We're done. Yeah, just wire me all the all the stuff. So all of this stuff is done electronically. And so the natural progression is that we're going to see things going to blockchain. And so as we start to see this, this progression, we start to see real estate being tokenized and put on the blockchain. We're going to see a lot more ease of use when it comes to title, title searches, right? Because everything's going to be immutable on the chain. And then we're also going to see 
you know, ease of uh, ease of transactions. So there's going to be less costs associated with finding title and getting through escrow, right? There's going to be an ease of looking up the records and doing inspections, right? Because now I can now I can go onto the blockchain, and there are people within Whale Club that are talking about creating like a Carfax for real estate on the blockchain. Okay, sounds great. So now all of a sudden I can go back and I can see when the roof was done last. I don't need to, you know, hope and pray that the that the old owner, as they're filling out all those forms. If they actually are telling the truth, if they are, you know, lying about the the uh, the termite inspection, all of that stuff's going to be on the blockchain. So now we have we have more accurate records. So now we actually know what we're getting into, especially as an investor. That is one of the the biggest the biggest drawdowns of being an investor is you go in and you buy these properties and you're like, oh man, I couldn't really I didn't really get like a good a good um, understanding of what the the pipe situation is. I don't know when the pipes were redone. And so all of a sudden you go in and you realize you've got $40,000 worth of repiping to do. So all of that, all of that potential profit is now gone. Right. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that are going to create more effective, more efficient and more profitable transactions moving forward. So tokenization of real estate is it's, it isn't an if it's a when. Do you think it's, do you think there's going to be a threat to like title companies with this? I'm just curious. Like, yeah, there's going to be a threat to real estate agents. There's going to be a threat to, uh, to title companies. I think that there, it's going to, it's going to become a situation in which the cost of, of transactions are going to be so low that a lot of those companies are going to go by the wayside, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to start seeing mm-hmm. things like uh, what has happened with car buying online. We've got Room, we've got Carvana, we've got a lot of these different things. What's happening to a lot of the dealerships? There's not, I mean, I, I just went and I was looking for a new car for myself in the last couple of weeks. I went on Black Friday. Black Friday, that is like the car buying holiday of the year. Mm-hmm. And I was one of two people on the entire lot on Black Friday. You're kidding. I, I was shocked. I was out and I'm like, hey, have you guys been busy? And they're like, yeah, it's been kind of slow. And I'm like, oh, this is supposed what? to be one of the biggest buy days of the year for vehicles. And yes, granted, we've got microchip issues. We've got inventory issues. I get all of those things. There's still cars on the lots, yeah. right? They still have inventory to sell and no one is there. But what it's were because, their, but what were their sales online? <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask that question, yes. but a lot of, but here's the thing. We've got a lot of, a lot of companies out there that why go to the dealership when you can just buy your car online, they'll come and deliver it and drop it off at your house. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right. Carvana will do that. I mean, you can go and just like put your token in the, in the machine and it'll just pop out. It's like a, a gumball machine for cars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's gamification. Right. And so it, we've, we've turned all of these things into games, but it's just very interesting to see how the progression of all of these things over time. Right. And so how, how um, industry disruptors, right. And moving moving real estate onto the blockchain that it's going to take innovators. It's going to take individuals that really want to see the real estate on the blockchain to do that. And I think that one of the biggest challenges in getting that, getting that to fruition and moving those, those uh, real estate assets or the, the deeds onto, onto the blockchain and moving, making that step is that if you already own a piece of real estate in in real life, you've got a deed, you've got, you know, I'm sitting in my home right now, right? I own the deed. What is the advantage for me to move it onto the blockchain? There is very, very little to zero net gain for me to spend all of that time and cost to tokenize my house. Right. So it's going to take individuals that want to have that real estate on the blockchain. 
Now let's move into what are the advantages and the benefits, right? So the advantages and the benefits are people that are in crypto, they need to hedge against their against their gains. Now, right now the market is down when one winter got it. But as people start to see those gains again, they're going to need something that's going to offset. Now, if you have all of your all of your capital or a majority of your capital sitting in crypto, do you want to move it off of the blockchain? Because now what you have to do is you've got to move it to a CEX and we all know which CEX right now is is the one to do. We just saw that BlockFi just, you know, filed for bankruptcy, right? We've got we've got all of these all of these CEXs that are we're all we're all worried about even leaving money on there because we're like crap. Like I may not be able to get this out. So if you're going to put it in, you immediately do that wire transfer. And get get it the heck out. So what is the advantage of saying okay, well, we want you to be able to hedge against your your crypto gains. So go ahead and do this. You're going to take all of those gains. You're going to um, put them into BUSD. We're going to put, you know, bridge them over to Binance. And then you're going to pay all the fees to get it off so that we can go out and we can buy your real estate. By that many moves, you're losing, a, you're losing a lot of money in all of those fees. Now, what if we could bring the real estate to you, right? Put it onto, onto the blockchain and we can sell it to you on the blockchain. Now you're getting all of the advantages of owning the real estate right? Depreciation, all those tax benefits that you get from owning real estate, but now you get to do it on the blockchain. So that's the, basically the whole goal of the Whale Club is saying, hmm, how can we take real world assets, put them onto the blockchain to help people that are in crypto, right? How can we merge these two, these two things? And so that's what we're doing in Whale Club is we are looking to be that industry disruptor, Right. And figuring out the most efficient path to get the real estate to the people that actually want to buy it. Because a lot of people, and we've I've had many conversations with people that have made lots and lots of money in crypto. And I'm like, what is the what is the biggest thing that you need? You obviously don't need the seven percent returns that someone's going to get you on, you know, you put your money into a fund and they're like, Oh, well, we can get you somewhere between seven and fifteen percent. And they're like, and I don't need fifteen percent. I don't need more cash. What I need is more tax benefits. Right. So with bringing the real estate to the people that actually need it, we're creating a huge advantage, huge advantage for the people that are in crypto, because now what you can do is you can hold real world assets, right, to hedge against your crypto assets. So now if the entire crypto, if all crypto and, you know, there's always going to be those skeptics out there that are going to say, oh, all of crypto, it's just going to go to zero. And this is all, you know, everybody's going to lose all of their money. OK, great. Let's say that that happened. Guess what you still own? A piece of real estate in the real world. Right. Right? You can go and kick the tires on. So not only is it a hedge against your digital assets, but it's also providing you the tax benefits against those assets as well. Right, So you're actually making more money by using a lot of the deductions that you get from real estate. And you also have a real world asset that you can be stuck with. That's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I love talking about this stuff. Like it just gets my wheels spinning in like, um, you, you seem very passionate and involved in it. So I'm definitely, going to be keep, I'm going to be keeping an eye so on much what fun. you guys are doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that is really cool. Yeah. Are, are you because seeing any, it, it takes a lot of, it's going to take a lot of work up front from the mm -hmm. people that are actually passionate and dedicated to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And by the time the average Joe, like deals with their house being on blockchain, they won't even know it <laughs> because all the work will have been done the years previous. They'll just Oh yeah, I'm selling my house. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll just be weaved into kind of how we operate. I mean, that's that's the the third iteration of the internet is is now blockchain is is used as the accounting mechanism for everything. And 
Um, so it all makes sense. I, I'm curious if uh, are, are you seeing any other uh, ventures out there that are trying to use real estate and blockchain in any capacity? Yeah, we have. Um, I know that um, that Paul has contacted and he's connected with a couple of different companies that do tokenization, right? Mm-hmm. But again, just having the product isn't going to isn't enough, right? So you have a way of you know of of doing the process of hey, we're you know, Proppy is one of them, and they can come in and they can actually um, digitize your your asset into into blockchain. And so, you know, just because they have the tool, it doesn't mean, you know, people actually have to come and say, Hey, I want to tokenize my asset. Mm -hmm. Right. But the question Mm -hmm. is, how do you, how do you attract those, those clients? And again, it goes back to, it's going to be the innovators. So it's going to be a partnership with, with people like Paul and people in the whale club that are already looking to move things onto the blockchain. Right. It's funny. We've had numerous conversations about, you know, what businesses are people actually in? And if you could get into the business of um, distribution of houses, I think that is, uh, that's an epic adventure. It's already in the yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 This is really cool. I, I, I'm glad that you, 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 you expanded on that. Cause I think if somebody were to listen to Paul's interview and then listen to this interview, kind of combining those two together is like an explosive, like, holy shit moment of this is, this is where real estate's going to go. And it's, it's, as you're see, as you're explaining it, it's one of those moments where I feel like I can't unsee it anymore because yeah. it makes so much sense. And I, and I love the way that you, you, you talked about the progression of how um, real estate has been done over the years. Cause when you think about how it was done in the past and you see the movement and where it's going, that's in my mind, that's when you see something you can't unsee anymore because the patterns so recognizable. So well, that's if great. Think, if you think about it, it goes back to the principles of CCA and we'll always go back to these things, right? It's a micro step. Mm-hmm. The reason we don't notice how we got to a place where most of most real estate is bought online is because we yep. micro stepped into it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. these are in, in looking in hindsight, this is how we, we start to learn things. This is how we start to learn as we say, ah, oh, okay, well, you know, before internet, what were we doing before? Right. And then what happened? Then the internet was created. And then there was a whole bunch of resistance for like, no one's going to buy a car online. No one's going to buy a house online. But what do we do now? Right. Here we are 20, 20 some odd years later. The scrutiny is so interesting how like people just like, I mean, back when people call the internet a fad and you think about it today, it's like, what? And, and, and everybody's doing the same thing with crypto. It's going to zero. It's a Ponzi scheme. And exactly. And anytime somebody says that, like that immediately realize like you probably have zero understanding of how any of this stuff is working on the innovative level, like that level yeah. that you're talking about of how you can actually use this in real estate in a way that solves real problems. Because if you're talking about moving real estate on the blockchain and facilitating the accounting in that form, I mean, look at all of the the reduction of cost from in, and also the reduction of the human element, which we all know is the most unreliable component of the system. (laughs) So when you have the blockchain handling all the recording, you, you increase reliability dramatically. Now you have a a record that you can go Mm -hmm. reference. You can see all the things that have been done. It's immutable. And, um, and you, you get rid of all that overhead. So why, like if one company's whoever, whatever real estate entities are doing this, they're going to have such a competitive advantage. You know, I would imagine to the, to the ones who are still kind of living in the past and haven't actually caught up with the times of technology. So it's just, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, let's let's talk about property management for a minute. So I own a little over 65 doors. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah. I can't keep track. There's no way that I'm going to be able to keep track of all of that. Now think of a property management company. They've got over hundreds of doors for the most part. So we, we do all of our management in-house. And so I've got an office staff that that does all the management for us, which is great. But also as an individual, I can't just go on to, you know, to our software system all the time and, and know that it's 100% accurate because guess who has to input all of that into our system? Office mm-hmm. staff. Guess what happens if they forget? Or if one of them goes on vacation or something, 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 and it doesn't get input. It's just not there, right? But with the blockchain, now it's going to reduce the cost of property management. So we're also going to start seeing a lot of the property management companies start to go away, right? Their costs, because cost of management is going to go down so far that a lot of them will be able to stay in business. So that's going to be another disruption in the, in the industry. Right. We're going to see a reduction of real estate agents. We're going to see a reduction of property management companies, brokerages. There's going to be a lot of different things. I, I haven't dug too deeply into it, but I'm, I have no doubt that it's going to disrupt the way that lending is done. And I think it's going to be moved back into the hands of the people versus from big banks. Mm-hmm. That's just my, yeah. my personal projection, because with the ease of use of you being able to go into the industry and say, hey, I want to buy this house. Who can give me a loan? You'll still have people that can be brokers for those specific things, but it's not going to be an institutional lender the way that it has been in the past. Again, that's just my personal speculation, but I think that there's <laughs> going to be a lot of disruption on in on many different fronts when it comes to real estate and tokenization. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see I just the smoke, smoke coming, coming out, out of your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, I'm so glad we had you on, uh, when you were texting this morning and, and I could just tell we were going to have fun today. So. Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's always fun. Again, this is just how I play my game. Like I, I want to have fun. Anything that I do, I want it to be a game for me. Life is a game mm-hmm. yeah. and you have to find a way to enjoy it. And 100%. if you can find and, a way to and rig it, it and rig do your something game. else, rig the game so that you can constantly have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stay in the game. Right. So, yeah. so quick question then, like with all this stuff, uh, if somebody, you know, was heard this interview and like, didn't know where to start or how to rig their game or they're like, Oh, well, you know, that's all sounds wonderful. What do I do? What, are, where do I, where do I go? What do I start with? Like, what's your um, suggestion? Oh my goodness. Uh, first thing <laughs> I probably do would be to start with Dan's book. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. reading the game, you can buy it on Amazon. It's an amazing, fantastic book. And then find a book review club. So I actually run one through a community that I that I helped to run um, called 1971 Mastermind. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But you know, we're we're internally, these are a lot of the things that I that I teach within our community is a lot of the principles that are in the book that I've learned from CCA because it's again going back to foundations, right? You have to have a good foundation, you have to know what you're trying to solve for, right? Solvable problem. And then you have to understand how are you going to get closer? And when you stop chasing APR and really understand that really there it's it's far more likely that the APR that you need on an annualized basis to get to your solvable problem is far lower than what you actually believe it to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Because everybody thinks, oh, I've got to, I've got to figure out how to make 60% a year, hundred percent a year. Oh my gosh, this thing is, you know, it's 500% a year. Great. But it's also going to collapse in the next three weeks. So it really doesn't matter if it says 500% a year, because it's going to not be there in three weeks and you're going to lose hundred percent of your money. And now you're starting farther back than where you were now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Compound interest over, especially when you, if, if you ever, like I remember when we were going through base case and solvable problem, um, I would play around with APR yeah. and I would, you know, I would keep all the variables, uh, you know, the same, right. I would have like, okay, let's just say this is my present value. This is my payments. This is my, you know, the term is 10 years. And, yeah. and I want to put in, what would 20% give me? What would 25%? And when you see the explosiveness of that future value by just making tweaks to the APR, it's, it's, yeah. it's insane. Like it, it is. truly is what they say. It's like the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. I believe yeah. it's like an Einstein quote. Um, it really is cr- incredible how much it almost gets stupid, you know, yeah. when you actually, and then even, even throwing the variable out. of, uh, throwing the variable of time. And it gets like ridiculous after a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that, and that's kind of the whole point of CCA is, you know, it's it's about getting you everything that you want in a timeline that is appropriate without compromising yourself. Yeah, that's perfect. The, so now that you're a graduate, are there mm-hmm. going to be like CCA from Nick and Dan and R- Randy um, <laughs> sometimes pros- cost prohibitive to people, um, yeah. but as graduates, you're certified certainty advisors. Like now, are there going to be, be people going out into the world and just spreading this wonderful message? Like, is that, is that, that maybe what? what we're actually doing? <laughs> that is so yeah. epically it's, cool. It's the fusion of innovation. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're taking, we're taking this program in which we, we went through and we, we learned from the best and you're right. Sometimes it is cost prohibitive. And so what we can do is now, now that we have that knowledge, we can go out and we can start to spread that message in the way that we spread it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is part of, you know, the base case and build, right. Jay is doing this, um, I believe right now for wolf pup holders, yep. I believe that it's free for their kids. Yep. If you have a wolf yeah. pup, I got my girl got a wolf pup. Yeah. In January. And, yep. Yeah. And we've, we've been talking about, you know, if, if people are not part of, or don't have a wolf pup, what would that cost actually be? And it's pretty stark. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a huge value that is being provided and there's a lot of time that goes into it. This is not this is not just a hey, you know, come and sit your kid down and within within eight hours, he's gonna be a perfect kid. He's gonna be able to make yeah. all those right decisions. No, this <laughs> is it's months of work, right? That goes into it. There's a huge amount of value that is being added through base case and build. And a lot of us are going out into our own communities. And I actually have my own personal coaching that I do on mm-hmm. CCA excuse me, associated principles, specifically around the investor frame, right? Because in real estate, one of the biggest things that we can do is use the investor frame to, to go out into the world and say, hmm, you know, with the assets I currently have, with the properties that I currently have, is this something I currently want to stay in, right? Mm-hmm. Given all the, all the information that I currently have, do I stay, do I opt back in or do I move on? Yep. And so the investor frame, especially in this market and especially where real estate is going, I don't know if you guys saw everything that happened with BlackRock this week, uh, or I think it was last week, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff. There, there are definitely articles out there. I d- definitely recommend going out and uh, checking out those. But there are a lot of people that are starting to sell off their real estate, right? Hmm. So if you are, if you hold real estate, now is a good opportunity to say, hmm, when did I buy it? How much equity do I have? If I had that cash in hand, what I opt back into the same, the same property, same location, same residence, same problems, same area. Would I invest back into the same property with the cash that, that is currently sitting locked in that property? If I had that in cash. And if the answer is no, well, what would need to change? Is it the residence? You can change that. 
Is it the problems? You can change that. You can fix those. I can't change the location of my property. Right. So yeah. you go and you go through this entire this entire decision making process, and then you can go through and say, hmm, maybe it's better for me to sell it right now and become more liquid, being that we're already in a recession. Depending on what your definition of recession is, I know they just changed it. <laughs> yeah, and tomorrow they'll change it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, you it's, know, it's, it's a moving, it's a moving target, right? Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> this is this is this has been awesome. I just so appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing all this knowledge and and all the things that you're doing. I mean, like we when we started the show, we're like, gosh, Anne is everywhere. She's in Guardian and CCA and doing all these things. So to be able to kind of bring it all together. Or, um, here on the podcast has been really, really great. And, and it was great meeting you too at Great Wolf Summit. It's always nice so to see fun. everybody in three. You guys are amazing. I just had so much fun with you guys. So yeah. I'm looking forward to the next, uh, the next venture. Everybody's going to be out here and we can go out and, you know, do more fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I mean, if, if there's any, uh, and, and if, if anybody wants to get in contact with you or connect with you, what would be the best place to do that? Oh my goodness. Uh, Telegram would probably be one of the better places. Um, it's Orphan Annie. No, okay. I'm, nope. On Telegram, I think I'm Orphan Wolf. I'm okay. Orphan Wolf on, on there. So that would be good. Or um, you guys can definitely share my uh, my contact information, email, phone gotcha. number, all that fun stuff. So gotcha. perfect. Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and link that up. We'll 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 link your uh, Telegram up in the chat. Just in, it's the internet. I don't know who who's out there peeking around, <laughs> but we'll 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 go ahead and link you up there. And then of course, you know, following. I know you're on Twitter and you, you're you're very active on sharing good stuff on Twitter as well. So um, this is great. So thank you so much, uh, Dwayne. If you got any final thoughts, or Anne, if y'all want to share any final thoughts, um, well, I'm know. sure uh, I'm sure in Q1 of 2023 there's going to be updates and with Anne, so we're going to probably have her back on. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. I'll follow up on. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So honestly, I would just I would just tell your people that are listening, go out and read Dan's book. It's just, and not only does it have great information, but it's also very digestible. So the way that it's written is just exceptional. Um, get out there, play your game, and just be you, because that's the best thing that you can do in life is just go out and enjoy your life and still succeed and do all the things that you want and all the things that you want to accomplish without compromising yourself. And it will be the most rewarding and fulfilling thing that you can do for yourself. Boom. Love that. That's a great one to end on. And one thing to add to it, always remember to stay wolfish. Stay wolfish, my friends. Ooh.